What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Winners Club podcast. And today we brought back a special guest. He's actually currently uh, the number two episode for Winners Club podcast. So he's trying to beat his last record with numbers of views. But I have none other than Jonathan Sue right here. What's up, everyone? Glad to be back. And my name is Brian Tran, your host. And I got my co-host here, PJ Padua. Yo, what's up, guys? And as you know, our model here is... Even when we don't win, we learn, and learning is a form of winning. And I think I wanted to bring Jonathan back on the episode because it's been one year since, actually a little over a year. Yeah, it's been like a year, two months. Yeah, so 14 months since he's been in business. And I wanted to bring him back to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and, you know, why he's still going. (laughs) Let's do it. I'm excited. Excited to hear more of uh, Jonathan's story. So quick recap, Jonathan, tell them what you do and your company name. Uh, so I run Focus Media LLC. We are we specialize in photo and videography services for real estate, events, social media, and honestly, anything out there except weddings. Nice. Bring that mic a little closer to you. There you go. Just so it sounds extra crispy. Extra crisp. And uh, I actually forgot, before we continue the episode, I got my can of white Zero Ultra Monster. One second here, guys. We got to do it. We got to do it. <sighs> Damn it. All right. Now awesome. We, now awesome. we can rock and bring this. We got show. the energy. We got the energy yeah. now, guys. So before we start, I do want to let you guys know we are a business podcast and we're really here to help you guys through your journey as being an entrepreneur, give you business tips, give you some of the success stories that we've encountered and really ultimately get you to be a boss in business. So let's get into it. Jonathan, you mind if we ask some hard questions today? Let's do it. All right. That's what we're going to do. So Brian, kick it off. First question. First year in business, tough time market shifted on you a little bit. What, what was really going through your head? Uh, give us like a couple bullet points there. Oh, when the market shifted, things started hitting the fan because of, of several mistakes I made and it was stressful. Like, I would say maybe around November time, there was a point where I reached where I honestly wanted to be done. Like, I wanted to quit. And break that down. Why? The the stress was just so much for me. Like, there was, like, money wasn't coming in the way it used to earlier in the year. And see, I remember you warned me. It's going good now, but when it doesn't, it's going to be bad. And it really was. Money wasn't coming in the way it was supposed to. We were spending way more than we needed to. Mistakes were made. And then it was just all downhill. And I was just so overwhelmed with everything that was going on that I really was like, man, I think I'm done with this. Talk about the mistakes. Break it down. So, what was the biggest mistake you think uh, during that time period? I think the biggest mistake was definitely not letting people go when we needed to let them go and mm-hmm. not fast enough. We weren't pivoting or I wasn't pivoting fast enough like we were paying like four grand for two people on the team that were vas (laughs) and we were definitely overpaying for the services and what they were doing did not equate to four grand a month and it just at the end of the day didn't make sense anymore we're just burning through the money rather than even making any money yeah and there wasn't even enough jobs at that point to fulfill over four thousand (laughs) dollars Anyways, I always tell people that when you're running a business and you're now managing people, when I hire somebody and they cost $4,000 a month, 
I'm not looking for them to just do $4,000 a month of work. Because if you do that, why'd you hire them in the first place? That's more of an ego play like, oh my God, I got a big team. Yeah. But your team ain't making no damn money. At the bare minimum, in my opinion, they need to make double what they're worth. Yeah. So if they cost 4000 they need to bring in eight grand, So that, mm. that way you make four grand. That's the only time you should be really scaling big. Now, I did want you to scale, and I will admit to some flaws here. I, I wanted to scale the company bigger because... Did you? you I don't know if you mentioned. Did you mention that you guys are co-founders in this company? I don't know if you did on this podcast. Uh, yeah. So I'm a co-founder of Focus Media. Jonathan's actually my uh, little cousin here that with a lot of talent, and I saw a lot of talent in them, and so that's why we started Focus Media. He was actually my intern before UPJ. Yeah. And he went back to college. After college, I was like, "What are you gonna do? What are you gonna get a job? You're gonna what? Are you, yeah. What's the plan here?" And that's when we decided to open a Focus Media. And it started off really strong, very powerful, uh, profitable from month one. He was able to make a good salary, and I was able to make my money back mm. very quickly yeah. in, in the business. So kudos to Jonathan on that. However, some of the key mistakes that he brought up was that he did not let go people fast enough. Mm-hmm. Number one, they lack skills. They didn't have the skills that we needed. Mm-hmm. But you're learning to hire better now. Mm-hmm. I was willing, f- I was, you know, willing to let him make that mistake because mm-hmm. that's the only way you learn. Sure. I did that at Pop Up Cafe. I hired a lot of wrong people. Um, didn't hire enough people. Uh, you name it. When it came to hiring, I did it all wrong. Yeah. But you learn, and sometimes it's one thing for me to tell him, but it's another thing for him to experience it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I want to dive into it, you know, yeah. deeper, especially back to what you say before I kind of cut you off. Apologize for that, but you were mentioning the issues that he had with with hiring and how people, if you hire them for four thousand, you expect them to make eight thousand, right? So I want to get your take, Brian and Jonathan. How do you hire better? How does one hire better to get those expectations? Let's see, if Jonathan. Let's let Jonathan answer that first. What do you? What did you learn to well, hire better? Definitely. I would say, like, you know, there's all those personality tests out there, and sometimes mm-hmm. people might think it's, like, some BS. But I think those person te- personality tests are kind of important, mm-hmm. especially if you don't know the person at all. It kind of gives you a sense of who they are as a person, mm-hmm. and that might help with you gauging kind of how they are as a person. Yeah. Then the next thing is, like, whether they have the skills or at least even bare minimum willingness to learn and put in the time to actually like get better at what they do. So are you referring to like a, a skill test, like prior to hiring? Is that what you're mentioning? Yes, like definitely a skill test I think is very important, especially in this line of work because yeah, you can honestly learn everything online, mm-hmm. but if they don't have that willingness to even learn or even care to learn, mm-hmm. then it really doesn't even matter. Yeah. At the end of the day. I, I always bring this up to get better at hiring you, you kind of hit a point where you, if you you know you know, but at some point you got to just hire them and put mm-hmm. them on a probation period yeah. because every task is different. Yeah. All you can do is really try to vet them as best you can for the job that you need, mm-hmm. but at some point you got to just w- see it in action. Yeah. And let, yes, let's say we hire somebody and it costs $70,000, $100,000 a year. That's why I won't just wait a year before I let them go. Yeah. Within a week, you will know this person's like true nature. Mm -hmm. Are they really working? Did they really BS their resume? Yeah. Because resumes don't really tell you much about the person. Yeah. 
they put a bunch of BS reference on there when you call them. Of course, they're, they're you know, they're friends that are picking up the phone. Yeah. It looks all great. But the proof is in the pudding. Mm-hmm. If you say that you're good at cold calling, get on the call right now. Yeah. If you can do that in a res- like in, in, during the interview, yeah. great. Or in his case, it was editors, show me your work. Yeah. Unfortunately for them, the work that we were getting back, because mm-hmm. personally, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. That's why I knew to fire them right away. Yeah. Because it was taking up too much of his time, like micromanaging the worker. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, it's just like, the, the the color grading was all jacked up. I'm not even an editor. Yeah. But I looked at it and I said, this guy's not doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Yeah, for you sure. You gotta fire him. For sure. But I don't know what you were thinking and you just kept him on. That ended up costing like, yeah, that's why we burned like four grand or maybe even a little bit more. Yeah. I so. mean, you know, hard lessons. You, you definitely remember that stuff as you're going through. Um, you know, it's a failure on its own, but... Hey, we learned from him. That's what what the podcast is all about. Yep, um, right. But what I want to ask is, <clears throat> what I want to ask is, I know you're, you know, we're talking about hiring, um, and you were saying resumes are, could be BS potentially. Yeah. Right? I, I just want to challenge and ask, can't disc tests and personality tests like that? I'm I'm truly curious. Like, can't those be BS as well? It's yeah. Just, so we went to this uh, conference. Uh-huh. And they actually said that your resume, the interview process, and the disc test mm-hmm. are like at under ten percent mm-hmm. whether or not you'll get a good candidate or not. Yeah, like meaning you, you'll have a ten percent success rate mm-hmm. because all those things can be lie. Yeah, what you need to start doing is a predictive index. Yeah, test, which basically uh, tests them on their behaviors and their and. Uh, seeing how they respond during certain situation. Mm-hmm. I haven't personally used them yet, uh, but they're saying that that's probably, a, I think, a upwards of 70-something percent effective rate. Mm, I see. So, I, but those programs cost money. And so if you're hiring a lot, I do agree you should probably pay for that program. Yeah. But for me, I don't hire that many people at, at that high-level skill. Mm-hmm. So I my thing is just put them to the test. I'll yeah. give you a week. Yeah, I think a week is is fair for anybody to prove if they 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 got it or not. You know, if you can't tell within a week, you're probably just being a nice guy. Yeah. And next thing I want to transition to, since I said that, is what is some advice do you have for people who are hesitant to fire and are trying to play the side of you know I want to be the nice guy, like I want to give them a chance. What is what is some advice that you got? Let, let's start off with Jonathan first. Oh yeah, um, see, I was that nice guy, mm-hmm. and it was just, I was just so afraid of like firing them, and I think it really just stemmed from me just not mm-hmm. wanting to be the quote unquote bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> really, the main thing I learned is that honestly, at the end of the day, it's really about the business and keeping the business alive. And if you can't make those hard decisions, then you, you just got to make those hard decisions. You just got to be kind of, in a sense, ruthless and just do it, let it go, you know? Mm-hmm. That's pretty much, like, what I really learned from it is that there's really no point in beating around the bush and being nice and giving them all these chances when you know after the first chance that they fucked up already and they're going to keep doing it and it's yeah. just going to be a repeating cycle. So if you already see a red flags, just let them go. Just rip off the Band-Aid, huh? Yep, just, just do it. What what about what about you, Brian? What's You're your running t- a business, not a daycare. You know what I mean? Like I'm not here to babysit you. 
you know, I like that. That, it's, that it's, was, look, man, that and was here's the thing. It's easier said than done until you do it. Yeah. Then it gets easy. Yeah. Like, I'm not heartless. When I fire somebody, I truly do feel like, damn, I'm here to help you out. It's just you aren't a good fit. Yeah. And, it's and you know, your mistakes can't come at my expense. Yeah. Okay? It's That's what it is. But here's 20 bucks. Go get yourself some food, whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> you know, move on. I like that. Yo, but you got to understand that when you get fired, at least in my organization, it's not like, it's just not a good fit. Yeah. It's just not a good fit. At the end of the day, you're better off somewhere else. I, I 100%, you know, love the way that you put it. Well, both you guys put it, right? It's not an easy task. You do just got to, you know, coming from somebody who had that problem, Jonathan, you do just have to rip the bandaid. And what I like really about what you said, Brian, is that you're running a business, not a daycare, right? You're not here to hold people's hands. Like, ultimately, you guys are here to both make money, right? Yeah. And, you know, operate at high levels, Right. Because if you hire wrong and they don't get the job done mm-hmm. and the business goes out, well, now they're screwed and you're screwed. Yeah. So you have to make those hard decisions. You have to make them very quickly. And this does not, in a previous podcast, I brought this up that being a boss means that you're responsible for their, your, your employees' livelihood. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they could just jack off and do whatever else and expect yeah. to get paid. Yeah. What I will promise you is that when you join my companies, when you work with me or for me, you will never not get paid. Mm-hmm. But you got to do the work. Mm-hmm. You got to be good at what you do. Yeah. Or at least the, the task in which you were hired for. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you will get fired. And that is different. Yeah. Like, you just didn't perform. Yeah, for sure. Like, but if you perform, whether SVP, SVB bank it goes under and I had my money there you would still get paid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, I like that. That's my thing. I mean, it's a pretty simple, you know, core foundation, right? Employee to boss, boss to employees. Like you guys are in this mutual thing. You guys are both supposed to be on the same page. You know, once it gets a little bit off and one's doing less than the other, like that's when things get rocky and that's when things need to either readjust or split. I like that. And I like also too, how you said that, you know, you do feel bad, um, and you wish you could help, but in a sense, you're helping them, right? Yeah. You're teaching them the lesson, fly. right? So sometimes you can't fly in my, my cage, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely. You'll find a better cage for you. Yeah, exactly. More suited cage <laughs> for you, but. Or get your own cage. Yeah, yeah. or get your own cage. Get your own cage, right? That's, you know? that's how, like, a lot of entrepreneurs start, right? And somebody's telling you, like, dude, you ain't shit, you know? So I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to take, take the show a little sideways real quick. So, yeah, go ahead. Uh. Uh, this is this topic always I've been seeing a lot of it, so I want to talk about it. Uh-huh. So our editors, they're probably looking at us and they're like, man, these guys, I do all the work. I'm 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 the reason these videos look sick. Yeah. And they're like, but I make I made four thousand and he made four thousand. Like I said, right? I want my I want the employees to du- uh, make double what they're worth, what they hmm. what they uh cost. So to them, they're like, that's not fair. I should get the most. He should get less. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? Dude. Well, I'm the one that brought in the business to begin with for the videos to be edited. Yeah. 
Dude, I, I think, man, I, it's funny that you say it because I think about this all the time. I think especially in the beginning when we hired our first editor, yeah. I was feeling like I felt bad. I was like, man, like this guy's doing like all the work, you know, and I'm technically not doing anything. But when I thought about it in an operation sense, I was like, I'm making things flow. It's like I'm telling you what to do, what's wrong, what's right. I'm, I'm uploading the files for you without my guidance. And if I just limited myself from the equation, we wouldn't get as far as we, we do. Yeah. Right. And on top of that, I could do, you know, like we always preach, I could do bigger, like higher ticket things, right? Like I could learn more about, you know, digital marketing ads, things like that. Right. E-products. And I'm utilizing my time for something higher of worth. So, you know, I don't really feel bad at the end of the day. I just think it's more of a, what, like entitled thing, Yeah, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Without the way I look at it, and for those of you guys listening out there who may be working for somebody, or maybe you're in my shoes, without us, there would be no that their their job wouldn't exist. Yeah, exactly. And so, and also, we take on all the risk. Yeah. Like I said, when the company didn't make money in November, who wrote the checks? Right. Who who made sure they were paid? Big Brian. Well, you know, Jonathan. I made Jonathan write a check too because he had money. Okay, let's go then. His partner, he had to write the check. I wasn't gonna write the full check, but it, pro- it probably so. it probably hurt him more than it hurt me. <laughs> and that and that taught him a lesson yeah. to never be in this situation again. Yeah, yeah. to try to avoid it at all costs. If I just paid the bill, he would have been like, "Oh, screw it, whatever, no big deal." Yeah, but he hurt. No, yeah, for yeah. sure. I probably man, same thing with me too. If they were like, "Oh, I got it," I'm mm. like, "Oh, well, there's no real repercussions." Yeah. But now you guys are positive months. Back to back, so let's go. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what went on its own. Actually, January was our biggest month ever. There you go. Dude, let's go. See? See? Do you think that would have happened had you not had that lesson, how to write the check? Yeah, because it wasn't the biggest month ever mm-hmm. revenue-wise, but because we cut the expenses down low, mm-hmm. it was the biggest profit. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. And that's all you <laughs> that's, give, that's all you should care about, like, the ego thing is like, oh, I did this. Like, you know, what? what a yeah. real, I'm gonna bring it back to realtors. Realtors love saying, oh, I sold a hundred million, but all those deals had partners, and mm-hmm. then after they bought gifts, and then after they pay, uh, you know, they they bought all the marketing stuff, they're left with like Jack Diddley squat. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, it should be more like, it should be a new thing instead of saying, hey, like I made this much. It should be like I saved this much this month. Yeah. Or I helped this many people, or something like that. Change it up. Stop. Yeah. Like when when realtors brag about how much they sold, it's just so stupid to me because I'm like, you're really telling all your clients like, look at how much money I made off you guys. Yeah. But instead, but and you know, but here's the right way to do it. This is how many families I've helped. This is how much equity I built. This is how much equity I saved. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if you're like I you know like in this market it's a buyer's market right? So in some areas. You saved $100,000 in equity for the buyers, and then you did that 100 times. So yeah. that's 100 times 100, 10 mil. Like no, I for put, sure. I put $10 million back in my client's pocket in equity. I mean, like I'm not going to lie. That, that marketing piece. I would, I would enjoy that person more, to be honest. I'd probably buy from that person who's saying, like, oh, I helped yeah. this many people, you know, ETC, this and that, compared to the person who's like, I made 100 a hundred thousand this month just selling homes, guys. Yeah. I helped twenty sellers and made them an additional twenty percent, which equated to over two million dollars in 
equi- in, in, in record prices that I put into my seller's pocket. Something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can word it out where it's like better than I did. I sold. I I don't know. You see it all the time. Like I sold a hundred million. Yeah. Like. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's a better way to interpret it. So anyways, right. uh, bring it back to Jonathan. What else? What key takeaways? Mm. What other key takeaways did you share? What were some? How did it feel? Like you talked about the bad. Let's talk about the good, right? Yeah, let's ask that, man. Like, how did you feel? Like, at the, you know, when when, the, when you had a record month in January, how did you feel? How did you walk? You walked with your head high or low? <laughs> man, in January, when, when, the, when we were up, I felt great. Like, I felt invincible. Like, you know, we went to Vegas. We had that event with Ryan Pineda. We came back. Oh, yeah, I remember that. You were actually working really. Well, it's funny because you weren't really, like, celebrating, like, at the moment. But you were working hard because I remember you were telling me, like, yeah, oh, I'm close to these deals. I learned this new. I learned that new. So, yeah. So, like, literally the day we flew back, mm-hmm. we got back from Vegas. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, like, 7, 8 p.m. at night. I was just prepping for the rest of the night. I had, like, two calls. And then I closed two real estate deals that night. Yeah. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, that was 10k one weekend yeah dude congrats man all all the proposals i sent out and things like that closed all the deals and that was a 10k weekend that was one of my biggest weekends ever yeah i felt like a boss i felt great you perform well you feel like a boss no for sure like (laughs) that's the best confidence boost that like you could add bro anybody could get like if you're feeling sad or you quote unquote air quote depressed you'll go 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 put in some work for like a month two and then just reap the the fruits of your labor. There's nothing sweeter than that. There's nothing sweeter than that, in my opinion. But I want to ask you, Jonathan, from now that we're asking you about your best month uh, ever that you had in January compared to when you had all this commotion and these kind of like hardships with, you know, the business. What from that point of all the hardships to January, what did what needed to change in, in like you as a person or, you know, internally, like strategically, like what really had a change inside of you? I think it was really like a mindset shift. Yeah. Like just changing the way I thought, like I was definitely way more like hyper-focused of like, I would check our books mm-hmm. very often to make sure we weren't going down. We weren't overspending on anything. Mm-hmm. I was, I started just removing stuff that was just not necessary anymore. Even like subscriptions and things like that. Like I just really look back at everything. I was like, all right, do we actually really need this? Like how often are we even using this? Mm-hmm. Or are we just burning money? Yeah. And most of the time we were probably just burning money. So I just got rid of it because yeah. we just didn't need it. And then I totally changed my shift of like, okay, our team is good where it's at. Mm-hmm. We're able to do at least 20 K if not upwards of potentially 30 K a month with just who we have right now, mm-hmm. we don't need any more people. Our new goal now is to just build up our bottom line, have some savings. So that way in the future, once we do grow more, we have the capital to just send and grow. Yeah. Sounds like you started putting like your hands more on the business. You started touching it and started looking at things more. Yeah. Like, getting a little more deep. Definitely think one thing that happened was I got a bit complacent. Yeah. Near the end of last year, like, yeah, the market was shifting and everything like that. But at the same time, I also kind of was like, oh, yeah, you know, everything will be okay. So I got kind of complacent. I stopped kind of like being as focused on the business as I was earlier in the year. And then I think that also definitely ended up taking a hit. So then I realized, okay, I need to stop being complacent. Yeah. I need to 
hang out around like more like-minded people yeah. again you yeah. know like be in the right rooms you know yeah definitely. because then once you see other people doing great things you're like wow yeah why can't i do that you know Hey man, there's no reason you can't. Exactly. So also, I want to ask why, like, why did you not quit? Like, really, what, what made you just not go down? You know, why did you go left instead of right? Because you, you said earlier in the podcast that you were about to quit. Like, what really made you change your mind or just pick a different direction completely? Well, I was already in such a low point that I called Brian about it. And we talked about it. We ran through the scenarios. What did I tell you? What are you going to do if you don't do this? <laughs> and then I'm like... Hey, I'm glad it's stuck because that's yeah. exactly what I said. And I'm like, oh, that's right. What the fuck am I going to do? Like, I really sat there and I thought really hard about it. Trying to run a bunch of options through my head. What, right? what was your first option? I was like, fuck, maybe I'll just like... What are you going to do? Move back home? Yeah, I was like, fuck, I'm going to move back home. That's okay. Gary V says move back home, but I'm like... I'll save, but- I'll save on rent, but then it's like... That, that to me wasn't even really like that big of a deal. It was mainly like, what am I going to do for my job? Like, yeah. I already spent like at this point, like 11 months in this. Yeah. Like got out of college, started doing this. Where am I going to work? I don't even technically, I never really had a nine to five either. You were going to go back to Honey Bear Boba or <laughs> where was it that you were working? <laughs> rise, and grind. rise and Grind before back in college. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, fuck, what am I really going to do? And then I was like, oh, I could go work for my competitors but then my, the ego in me was like i can't do that yeah and then also like if i did go work for them my salary would be capped at probably like 60k yeah versus what i'm already and making. they probably fought like they, they probably fired a bunch of people yeah this year yeah. yeah like so the market was already pretty bad too so were they even hiring yeah you know so there's really i had no other option yeah so i was like if this doesn't work then I mean, like, I this has to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? I hear. You. I don't think that's necessarily true. That you know, there was no other option. But I think there was no other option that that you wanted to do, right? Yeah. That you were prideful to to go in that direction, right? And I think that's a big statement. That you know, once it's in you, it's like, man, <laughs> it's either quit or keep this thing going. Yeah, right? and, and I like, think you I, built that entrepreneur gene in you already. So. Yeah, so I started doing the whole, like, affirmations thing. Like, you know, what am I thankful for? What am I grateful for? And I started looking back over the years of, of over this past year of what I did. And it's like, I was able to move out, mm-hmm. get my own place. Like, I live by myself. And I feel like that's very, that's a hard thing to do in the Bay Area. Yeah, well, I know some people older than you that don't live by themselves. Hard. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not gonna exactly. lie, it's hard. So I was yeah. able to move out. I was able to, like, you know, like, first I moved out with my parents. Then I yeah. got my own place. Yeah. And then, like, I had my own car. Uh-huh. You know, there's all these good things going on. I was able to, like, grow the business. Like, I remember the first month I made $4,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, at that point, we were just starting. So all that just kind of just came to me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, like, each month moving forward mm-hmm. after January, we made more and more and more. And I think by month three or four, I hit over 10K. Yeah. And then it just kept going until we eventually, like, once the market hit, we kind of plateaued. Yeah. And whatnot, but there's still all those things to be like, wow, you know, I did that. Yeah, that's good. It sounds like you you just took it back to reflect on on the wins, right? Yeah. And then kind of thought of the possibilities of like, yo, I can't, I can win. I've done it before. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get more wins. Yeah, let like me some, go do that. Sometimes when things are tough, you just need to look back at your wins. You know, remind yourself like, what have you done already? And then now, just think back on. 
everything that you've done that's been like really good, like your wins. Yeah. And that will kind of help you to be like, you know what? I've done it already. Why can't I do it again? See, Why can't I go so bigger? Proud. I'm so proud. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Me too. I like that. That was a good moment. I was about to cry. I was like, this yeah. guy, this guy really grew a lot, man. <laughs> like, I, I've known Jonathan for years. Yeah. Like, why like, can't you, you know, dude, let's go, man. Hey, bigger. clip that. Yo, clip that. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say that right now. Clip yeah. that. Jonathan, put that on your Instagram, bro. <laughs> uh, one more thing that I want to bring up as a lesson. Sometimes don't, don't think that just the results are the wins. Yeah. Okay. Like, because if you tie that feeling to the end goal, or like let's say you making that ten thousand, ten thousand mon- being yeah, the, the monetary, the the monetary like happiness. Yeah, you're you're gonna feel sad when you don't hit those numbers. But you should actually count all the little wins. Yeah. Okay, think about it. Like I sent out on a proposal today that was ten thousand. Did it get accepted? Don't worry about that. Yeah, that's a big win. Yeah, somebody is thinking about hiring you for ten thousand dollars. That's a win. I had a really good conversation with the realtor today, and he's thinking about doing XYZ project. Yeah. You didn't get it yet. Don't don't spend the money you didn't get. That's another thing. Don't do that. But that's a win. Yeah. Celebrate that win. Dude. You had a successful day just prospecting and DMing 20 realtors that actually responded to you. That's a win. Yeah. I mean, yeah. hey, even just like hanging out with good like-minded people. And that's a win. Shoot, we're going out for dinner. That's, that's a, win. a win. Those are the best things. Those are the best times because that. I've been in that place where I was like, oh, man, like you connect it to the, the dollar and it just doesn't seem yeah. fun. But once you look back and you're like, oh, well, I had a shoot for Jonathan the other day and like we were just, you know, hanging out. We were just talking about like freaking cars and this and that. And we went home and I was pretty happy, you know, yeah. like I didn't even get paid yet, but it was it was fun. It's you know, the, it's the little things. That's a win. Big wins. It's like, you know, little wins add up to big wins, but the little wins actually kind of sustain sustain you. Yeah. Because if you only tie it to like, oh, I actually got the contract. Yeah. I actually got paid. Yeah. Eh, you know. Yeah, for sure. That, like when shit, so when things fall through, you're going to be like, oh my God, I'm so mad. Yeah. But if you tie it to the activity, the journey, mm-hmm. so much more impactful. Damn, I, man, both of you guys out here put in, <laughs> spinning yeah. some fire stuff today. The spirituality, something's in the monster, man. No, it's a good monster. It tastes a little weird today. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, guys, well, I don't know if you guys want to say anything else. I think what you guys said right there is... is Jonathan, the, what's one lesson? What else, what, what else is on your mind that you just want to share? Uh, what are your goals this year? Well, I guess the main goal really this year, especially with everything that happened last year, is to just build up our, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Reserves? Yeah, build up our reserves because I feel like that's the main goal. Yeah. And then I think that's kind of a goal that I think once we have, like, the right amount of reserves in the account, then I feel like we'd be, in a sense, unstoppable for growing the way we want it to grow. Yeah, hell yeah. I love it. See? Little baby goals add up to big goals. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, one thing that I think about me that I learned, too, is being patient. Yeah. I used I grew up always wanting things now. Like, yeah, me too, give bro. Give me that now. I hate buying stuff on Amazon because like I just want to go to the <laughs> store and like pick it up, you know. But yeah. I, I think that's what you're saying is big because a lot of people think like a year is is long, but I think the faster you realize that a year isn't that long, and start looking at like ten years is is pretty long or quote unquote normal. You'll get a lot of stuff done. Once you delay the gratification a little bit, start planning instead of looking like, oh, like I'm 
have goals for the next month, have goals for like the next 10 years. They say that you can measure some like person's wealth by how they speak about their goals. Right. If you hear somebody say, oh, I just want to make this much in the next two weeks. Yeah. They're not thinking big enough. Yeah. Right. So I got that from Alex Hermosi actually, and it hit me deep. So you're absolutely right. Have you should actually have like I usually do a one three five. Now it's like a one three five ten twenty five. Yeah. So I think about my life in one year, three years, five years, ten years, and twenty five years. What does it look like? Now, the further out I get, the more vague it kind of gets because mm-hmm. you know, things change. But in twenty five years, definitely want to have a you know, a private jet boat. My kids are gonna be with me, my grandkids, I probably have grandkids by then. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what does that look like? And then you reverse engineer it. And then yeah. eventually when you get back to the one year, you're basically road mapping it so that it's in at least the general direction that you want to go in. Yeah. And I think that's exciting yeah. too, right? To be like, man, man, you sound, you, people sound crazy like that kind of to normal people, I would say. Not not normal. That's kind of messed up. <laughs> but like, I'm 31 years older. Like, yeah. man, you're really thinking 25 years out. So you're going to be 56 years old. But you know, the thing is, is that that's the one thing that I did even before um, reading about other successful people and hearing that they were doing it. Yeah. When I was 10, I knew what I wanted to be. You know, obviously I didn't become it, but it was like, I got to be a lawyer. I got to make a hundred thousand dollars a yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. And so therefore, how do I become a lawyer? I got to go, I got to be, try to do my best in school. Yeah. As, as much as I hated school and, and in high school, I wasn't a very good student. So I had to change that, that, that goal that I wasn't yeah. going to become a lawyer. Cause I knew I just wasn't going to get that. Yeah. The, the grades for it. You knew you wanted to do something, but at least from kin- like, you know, Basically, middle school, I was technically considered very smart. I skipped the seventh grade. And then, like, in nice, high school, I, I took all honors classes. And then it wasn't until I transferred to Logan that I realized, like, dude, these kids are way smarter than me. And then my grades just kept dropping because it got very difficult that I said, okay, this isn't going to work. But I still want to make that hundred grand. But, okay, what what job am I going to do? And it ended up being real estate. Yeah, for So sure. that's the vision. That's the goal. You guys need to do that for yourself. Envision what your life is going to look like and then work towards it. Now, it, things may change, but at least you're working towards it. Yeah, 100%. Yo, I love I it. I think that's it, guys. Let's wrap up the show. Jonathan, so good to have you back. I, I, you know, I love your growth, and that's what it's about. Every year you get better. Every day you get better. And uh, I'm very proud of who you became and who you, who you become. Guys, I said give us a five-star review. Share this with somebody who is struggling. Just know that there's a better day. Just know that every day, every bad day that you're going through is one day closer to that good day. And as long as you never quit, you never failed. And as long as you never quit, that bad moment that you're going through will never define your life negatively, but actually will push you to become greater. There's greatness in you guys. Peace out. Peace. Peace. See you guys next time.